Greetings and welcome to the Antithesis of Superwoman. I'm your host, Recovering People Pleaser and ASW Encouragement Coach Von Fuller, and I am so excited that you're back with me as we progress on this journey living our best lives without the cape. The title of this episode is Five Ways to Get Unstuck from a Rut. Because we've all been there, right? Okay, so maybe not all of us, but I know I'm talking to somebody. All right, let's get into it. Again, welcome. Before we dive into today's topic, as always, I want to address a few things. One, I am not a licensed therapist. I am solely a person that wants you to live your best life. Two, I am a Christian. While I'm going to share personal experiences that are going to involve my beliefs, I'm not going to force my beliefs on you in this podcast. And three, I identify as a woman, hence a podcast name, and I'm surrounded by a lot of women. So a lot of my examples will be a woman. However, men, please know I know we have supermen out there as well. And if you're feeling like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, but feel like you can't express it because you have to maintain that strong and unshakable image, then you're in the right place because this is for you. And if you enjoy hearing encouraging tips and tools to go from overwhelmed to overjoyed, then join the Encouragement Fam. Remember to click subscribe, like, rate, and review. Okay, so now that we've gotten all the logistics out of the way, let's discuss five ways to get unstuck from a rut. Ruts, ugh, am I right? Whether big or small, ruts can be an unwelcome disruption in our life. Definitely one of those things you can live without. If it never showed up ever, you'd be fine. Or at least that's how I feel. And I feel like I'm in a rut right now, if I'm being real. So I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to bring it to you guys and discuss all the details of ruts and how we can work to get out of it. So let's jump right into it. So I thought it would be really cool to talk about being in a rut, the signs that you're in a rut, as well as some tips to get out of it. And with that, I thought it would be really nice if I brought on a very special guest, someone who may know a thing or two about ruts, especially as a writer and having to deal with writer's block and all those uh, not so fun things that can come along with the job. So... With that, I want to welcome Luke Fuller. Welcome, boo. Thank you for having me. So I'm pretty sure most of the listeners know you, but can you share a little bit about yourself, particularly when it comes to writing? I'm your husband. Mm-hmm. But not when it comes to writing, maybe so. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> we'll edit that in post. I am an aspiring fiction writer as well as an aspiring screenwriter. Um, I write poetry. I've been writing pretty much all my life. And um, it's always been an outlet, but it's always also been a source of inner contention because you want to do your best and sometimes your best doesn't come out. Okay, so do you feel like you've been in a rut before? All the time. Okay. (laughs) So what's your definition of a rut? 
I think initially my definition of a rat was quote unquote writer's block, just not being able to think of the next line or maybe feeling like whatever I'm writing isn't that good. That feels like a rut. But as I've grown and understanding myself, I realize now that my ruts are really just the fear of me not being able to do it and kind of like my own anxiety that builds up after the fear starts. So for me, a rut is just my anxiety, like pushing me away from actually doing it. Very deep, Mr. Fuller. You want to hear my definition? Of course. Feeling blah or meh. <laughs> Pretty close. Uh, yeah, I could not find a great. I was really trying to think of what is my definition of a rut. I've grown up hearing people say they're in a rut or in a funk. I've said it myself, but never really defined it. You know, I was just like, uh, when you feeling blah, like that's all I could come up with. Yeah, I mean, it's a feeling. It's mm-hmm. it's like trying to define an emotion, you know. So. I mean, that's exactly what it is because it's considered an emotional rut. So, of course, you know, I looked it up because I like definitions. You do. And the closest thing that I can actually find, because I was like, I can't just tell people that it's feeling blah. I mean, people would get it, but you're not going to find that in a dictionary. So one of the things that I was able to find, or at least what I think the closest thing was, was from Psychology Today. And they actually say the closest thing to an emotional rut is dysmithia. Wait, hold on. Dysmia. <laughs> Maybe you should spell it for the people. I, I'm absolutely going to spell it. So it's D. Y-S-T-H-Y-M-I-A. So how would you pronounce that? I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) You're not even going to (laughs) try? Yes, I think it's dysthmia. That should be on word and it's hard. Yeah, it really should be. But essentially what that is... They consider it to be like the milder, chronic cousin of depression. That makes sense. So it's not technically depression, but, you know, they related. They in the same family reunions. You think they're brother and sister. Well, why do you think they're brother and sister? Because depression is like feeling... I would imagine depression is feeling like low or just feeling in a emotional state that you can't get out of, like a poor emotional state that you can't get out of, just feeling like everything is weighing down on you, you know, kind of like a heaviness. Mm-hmm. And a rut, in my opinion, feels like that. Like it's just this, it's like a hole you can't get out of. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see if you're right. I know this is not a game show, but some of the side effects are of dysthmia. I'm going to get it right. You'll never know. I don't know. I'm going to get it right. But some of the symptoms are low energy, 
low mood, loss of interest, loss of feelings of pleasure. So it is, it, there are a lot of similarities. I think, um, also is chronic. So that's another thing that is, um, can be similar or different because depression doesn't always have to be chronic, I believe. Yeah, so they do have a lot of similarities, but I would think depression is kind of like, if they're siblings, depression is like the big brother. Makes sense. The crazy thing about the D word (laughs) is that it can actually last for years and that it can go like undiagnosed because most people are still able to function in it. They're just not able to function at their optimal levels. Mm. And so somebody could have it and or feel like they're in a rut for years and nothing would be done about her. Nothing would be diagnosed or called out to be able to help them. So dysmethia is the, um, like the scientific name? Well, that's what they're saying would be the closest that fits to feeling in a rut because mm-hmm. I don't think a rut is technically an emotional rut is technically a disorder so that's the closest thing that they could find to it another thing that I thought was interesting about it was that they feel or they believe that the reason why this happens is because there is a lack of um, activation in the reward centers of your brain mm-hmm. So, essentially, you've gone a long period of time without feeling like you've gotten any incentives or rewards for anything that you've done. Mm. What do you think about that? I think it's interesting because time is a concept. So, for different people, a long period of time can mean different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's every, almost every time I sit down at the computer, you know. And I imagine for a lot of writers, it's similar. You always see posts on Twitter where people are talking about, like, how most of the day, most of the time they spend writing is them thinking about writing or making themselves a cup of coffee and then, like, scrolling Tumblr or whatever. And that's what I feel that people still scroll Tumblr. We was talking about Tumblr the other day. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. So, what I find interesting about it is that when you look at or it talks about the reward center, I'm thinking, like you said, if you're a writer and you're you're trying to write something and you, you know, you have the strong desire to write, but the motivation isn't quite there or the flow isn't quite there then does that mean it's because you didn't receive rewards prior to? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that may not always fit in every situation, but I also may not grasp the full concept of what their interpretation of that was. Yeah, I don't know. I I understand where they're coming from. I could see how somebody could feel like they haven't been acknowledged for a thing and that lack of acknowledgement puts them in a puts them in a bad place but or is it fear of not being rewarded later down the line I think that would probably be more accurate for me at least Mm -hmm. I think there's 
quite a few different ways you can look at it because unfulfillment, like for instance, if you're in a job and you're unfulfilled, right? It doesn't matter how many accolades you get at work. If that's not your calling, if you're unfulfilled, it's not going to matter. Yeah, you're always going to feel like that. And so you may still feel like you're in a rut, even though technically your reward center should be activated. Unless it's only activated on stuff that you want it to be activated on. Yeah, because I mean, in that situation, your true reward would be having a job in your calling. So it don't mean, it doesn't matter what what how many awards you get or how many raises or whatever you know it's not gonna be the thing that really fulfills you Mm -hmm. and so i know we talked a lot about well i don't i want to say we talked a lot about it but i know that we mentioned some examples already but what do you think are some signs that someone may actually be going through dysthmia or in a feeling of feeling like they're stuck or in a rut. I mean, I would think the um, the lack of want to do things that you enjoy doing. Or when you do those things, maybe they're not pleasurable or you're more worried about the performance of it. Like the well, not the performance. You're more worried about the quality of it than the actual, like, journey of doing it. Hmm. Um, what else can you be worried about? I don't know what you think. So, I absolutely agree with you, where if you stop being excited about something that you normally would have been excited over, I think if you have this perpetual feeling of being unfulfilled, and or when you get free time and you've been looking forward to free time but once you get it you have no actual motivation to do what you had initially wanted to do during your free time what else could it be maybe an overarching fear of the thing like if you in a rut and you um you're in a rut from writing for example or you're in a rut from trying to write your podcast or you're in a rut from um maybe you play sports but you feel like you know you're not performing at your optimal level then like a fear comes and the fear like holds you back from even doing the thing it's like you don't even Mm want to do the thing because you're so afraid of how it's gonna come out Mm -hmm. yeah one of the other things i was thinking about is when you're actually being productive, but you don't feel like it because you haven't done everything that you had on your list to do. So because you're not giving your, you're not feeding the reward system in your brain, then you have, you're running a risk of feeling like you're in a rut or like you're stuck because you've got this mile long to-do list and you feel like you're never going to get it done. That would make sense. When it says, like, you're not being rewarded or whatever, because, for example, if you're, like, a top-level athlete and your goal is to be, you know, the umpteenth time champion or your goal is to break so many records or whatever, it doesn't matter, like, how great you do because your goals are so far away. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
you can't reach the goal. So even when you're performing well, it doesn't feel like you're performing well. Or if you're, again, a writer and your your goal is to be published and be a New York Times bestseller, or your goal is to write the, you know, Oscar-winning movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. So even though you're sitting down and you're doing the work every day, and that is a a big victory in itself because it's not the huge lofty goal you set. Like you're perpetually putting yourself down and putting yourself in that rut. So Mm -hmm. it's like you're becoming your own self-rutting prophecy. Critic. Yeah. Yeah. You're not allowing yourself to celebrate the small wins Mm -hmm. because you don't even see it as a win. They're not wins to you in those moments. So, why do you think we get into ruts in the first place? I think people have, uh, I think people want to be revered, people want to be loved, people want to be seen as good, and then, excuse me, people also have high expectations of themselves, especially when it's something that they enjoy doing. Like, usually if you enjoy doing something, that means you do it a lot. And usually if you do something a lot, you're good at it. Or you feel you're good at it. Or Mm -hmm. you feel like you've been called to do it. So, if you don't feel like you're performing in that thing that you feel like you're great at or that you're called at, then, you know, you in turn feel terrible. Mm. I almost feel like when you feel like you're in a, you're stuck or like you're in a rut that you have something deeper that you aren't paying attention to. I mean, something that you may know what it is, but you've kind of buried it so deep, you know? I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's what this stuff really is. It's like a self-esteem type thing or, you know, something along those based. lines. Yeah, because... If you know you're talented and you know what you're doing has worth and you know that the small steps are going to lead to bigger victories, then you're not in a rut. You're just doing the work. But if you feel like if there's something in you that's telling you that you're not good enough, you know, or that what you're doing doesn't matter, then you're always going to you feel low you know, even in doing a performance. Or if there's not going to be a change in circumstance or if there's not going to be a change in reward. Because you also hear people say that about relationships. Like, oh, we were just stuck. Or, you know, we felt stuck and unfulfilled or in a rut, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think in that instance it would be that you don't have hope that things are actually going to change. Yeah, I think whenever you have something that's holding you down and you feel like you can't, like you feel like there's no way to improve or you feel like whenever you get that feeling of being stuck, it's it's not just because of that thing that you're going through. It's something bigger. Like most of our, if not all of our problems that we have are like we think it's just the surface level thing, you know, but it's always the deeper thing. Yeah, like you go to the grocery store and the cashier is slow ringing up your stuff and you flip out on the cashier 
You're not mad at the cashier. You're mad at something that happened mm-hmm. forever ago that you haven't dealt with, you know? Because yeah. a healthy, balanced person wouldn't get upset with a few extra seconds mm-hmm. swiping some beans or whatever, you know? Or would extend grace. Yeah. You know? Doesn't mean that it doesn't irritate you, but why would you... Why would that result in you flipping out on them? Yeah, you know, because so, we all mess up like that sometimes. Yeah, or maybe it's their first day or whatever. Like you just don't know the circumstance. So just to take such a, in my opinion, selfish and reactive uh, stance, you know. Yeah. So if you're treating yourself like that, mm-hmm. it's not because of the moment of writing or practicing or. If you're treating your spouse like that because the relationship feels dull, it's not because that one moment when they didn't, you know, put their keys back and you couldn't find the keys to, you know, go to the store or whatever. It's because of something bigger. Mm-hmm. It's always like an internal it's thing. bigger. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because on the surface, when you look at being in a rut or feeling stuck, it seems very surface level, like very basic, like, oh, I'm just going through this phase or, you know, I'm not liking where I'm at right now or whatever. But when you actually go deep into it and start looking at some of the origins of it and where it comes from, if it's based in fear, if it's based in insecurity, which is also based in fear, so kind of, I guess the core is fear, then... You look at other things that it's connected to, like uh, perfectionism and imposter syndrome and avoidance. And, you know, there's just so many other things that it can be connected to or related to because it's coming from that same source of fear. Mm-hmm. So here's a $5 million question. What do you think are some tips or tools to help you get out of a rep? At least for me personally, one of the most important things for me is to recognize that I'm in the rut before it's over or before the time for me doing whatever the task is is over. If I notice that I'm in a certain mind state or like if I'm doing things that I normally do when I'm in a rut, I need to, like, I have to recognize that I'm doing those things so I can stop. Like, if I'm, if I say I'm going to write and then I, like, start scrolling Twitter or start scrolling Instagram or, like, I won't open the document or whatever, Mm -hmm. then I know that usually that means that I'm in a rut and my anxiety's kicked up and I'm distracting myself. Mm -hmm. Hmm, That's good. So, for me, myself, personally, I agree with you. That's actually what I was going to say. The first thing you need to do is recognize that you're actually in a rut. I think the second thing you need to do is try to figure out why you're in a rut. You know, we kind of talked about the fact that most of it is based in fear, right? When you get to the core of it, but you kind of have to go through the process to get to that core. So, You're feeling in a rut, why? Because you're feeling unfulfilled in your job or relationship or whatever, you know, your life, your investments. Okay, so why do you feel unfulfilled in those things? And I will say that usually it's human nature to try to put your unfulfillment on somebody else 
but your unfulfillment is solely about you. You know, it doesn't matter what the job is doing or not doing. It doesn't matter what your, you know, your boo is doing or not doing. None of that matters. It doesn't matter what the stock market is doing or not doing. None of that matters in terms of your fulfillment. Your actual fulfillment comes from yourself. And so if you're unfulfilled, you really need to go deep down into what is causing that unfulfillment and it can't be because of somebody else it's not going to be and you're going to continuously stay stuck in a rut if you keep pointing fingers at somebody else other than yourself Mm -hmm. so that was one of the ways the other thing I think you need to do to help you get from a rut is once you actually figure out why you're in a rut and what particular fear you have, you need to give yourself grace. We all have fears. We all go through things. And I think part of staying in a rut is beating yourself up for being in a rut. Mm. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's just this perpetual cycle, you know? So give yourself grace so that you can help step out of that rut because you're recognizing that Yeah, you may have some fear about some things, but that doesn't mean that you can't change your circumstances. That doesn't mean that it's not too late. That doesn't mean that you don't have time to do something different. And so I think that that is an important part that we often neglect because we're usually so critical of ourselves that we don't give ourselves the grace to recognize all the stuff that we have done and then you know, giving ourselves the grace and the time to be able to do something different that can lead to fulfillment. Did you have any other ideas? Because that's what, four? I mean, what I normally do is once I recognize that I'm in it, I usually, like you said, say, well, what's this about? And for me, if it's writing related, it's usually my anxiety kicking up. So once I recognize that it's my anxiety, then I'll, like, give myself a little pep talk, and then I'll do something that's going to kick me back on track, whether that's, like, play my music or, like, hide my phone so I can't do the distraction things. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes I'll just pray or, like, give myself, like, positive energy you know and then I try to recognize that what I'm about to do is going to be a small victory and a small victory is way bigger than no victory absolutely um that's really good because that's a form in my opinion that's a form of self-care and self-love oh (laughs) (laughs) because it's You know, you, one, doing the work to get to the root of the issue, accepting what that is, not beating yourself up over it, but instead giving yourself a pep talk to help you get out of it, and then actually changing your routine and changing the status quo so that you can change the trajectory and get closer to where you're trying to be. Yeah. Didn't recognize you was doing all that, huh? Yeah, I guess I was trying to think of, like, how that in turn would be in like relationship woes you know and I guess I was trying to think back and I think at least for me when we were having some of our issues one of the things I definitely had to do was like I would always 
like sit down with myself and think about what are the things that I've been doing wrong and what are the things that I could improve on that would make our dealings with each other better. Mm. But because like my goal was to just keep improving as a person, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was uh, when I would get upset or when it would feel like we weren't moving with the speed that I wanted us to or with the or in the direction that I wanted us to for me I would have to sit down myself and say well you know we didn't get here overnight so it's not going to be fixed overnight and what are you doing that's going to improve the situation what are you going what are you doing that's going to improve yourself because I think when I was trying to do things to make you happy solely like it wasn't really working because I was just doing it to make you happy but when I was doing things to like initiate a major shift in myself and like whether that was being okay with taking criticism or being able to talk to somebody about what was going on or um being able to recognize the validity and like your concerns like once I started doing those things more that's when we started moving closer and getting closer to each other and closer to the relationship we wanted to have so I definitely think recognizing your recognizing the issue and then working to combat whatever that issue is is a big deal and then yeah like like you said give yourself grace um, and just having coping mechanisms, like positive coping mechanisms for when you do feel bad, you know, mm-hmm. whether you, you know, go pour yourself a cup of tea or, you know, go work out or something that's gonna like make you feel a little bit better when things aren't great. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, but don't distract yourself so much that you don't do the work, but just give yourself a little something. A little break. Yeah, so you can get back to doing the work. Yeah, I think something that you said uh, in regards to relationships was key in this aspect, too, when you said uh, focusing on yourself. So that goes back to what I was mentioning earlier about not looking at the other person, but focusing on yourself because... Once you focused on yourself, and once I focused on myself, then we were able to get to where we were trying to go. But as long as we were focusing on the other person, it wasn't going to work. Yeah. Because to me, just because obviously I've been in a relationship, it's funny that you were like, you were trying to do things that make me happy. But then the last point you said was, you know, recognizing that my concerns have some validity which would obviously make me happy because if you're doing things that make me happy but you don't value my concerns then is that really making anybody happy you know so once you actually start working on yourself and you know that's both ways once you start working on yourself then you start to become the person that you need to be to be healthier in that relationship so that you can have a healthy relationship yeah (laughs) I think another thing you can do is to well I guess you kind of already said it change your scenery a little bit give yourself a break it doesn't have to be 
you know, you going to Dubai or anything like that. You know, it could just be you going outside, getting some fresh air or stepping outside of the room that you're in. You know, we still in a pandemic, so can't be running around doing anything and everything that we used to do. But, you know, even stepping outside of the room, going for a quick walk or even grounding yourself. For me, I know journaling it. Can I talk? Did I say it right? Kind of. <laughs> For me, I know journaling is extremely important. And so that helps keep me grounded. Um, that helps keep me centered. And that helps me with my growth. I feel like when I journal is when I do most of my talking with God. And God does not have a filter with me. So um, is a lot of uh, self-work that happens during my journaling time and let's see what else another thing and I know we're over five now so these are just bonuses another thing you can do is always remind yourself of your goals and what you're working towards and Mm -hmm. I think you kind of do that with your self-talk but that's one of the things that I think helps get you back on track because you recognize Okay, I do have goals, and even though I may feel like I'm spinning my wheels right now, the wheels are actually moving, and I'm going to get there eventually. Yeah, I think another thing you can do is once you have committed to doing the thing and you do the thing, celebrate yourself for doing it. Because Mm -hmm. no matter what it is, you're always going to feel better after you've done it than you did Mm -hmm. before you started So you have to celebrate, one, acknowledge the fact that when you started, you thought you were going to feel bad, even no matter what. And now that you're finished, you feel better. Recognize that you've done something that you told yourself that you couldn't do Mm. and celebrate those things. Because whether it's you didn't feel like working out was going to make a difference, you didn't feel like, you know, cooking dinner was going to make a difference. You didn't feel like writing was going to make a difference. You didn't feel like talking to your spouse about your concerns were going to make a difference. You always feel better for having done the thing, so celebrate that. And that'll encourage you next time because when you get in that rut feeling, you can think back to, well, last time this happened, I did the thing and I felt better after and I Mm -hmm. celebrated myself for it so you know yeah definitely celebrating small wins and celebrating the consistency of your actions towards getting out of the rut or doing something different I think is definitely important do you have any final tips or tools that you would want to share or any last words of encouragement um, just that feeling down on yourself is a phase, you know, you choose, um, you know, sometimes people have things where they need, you know, professional or medical help and that's different, but generally we can talk ourselves into things and talk ourselves out of things. So recognize your own power and recognize, you know, that you have the ability to move the needle you know mm-hmm. don't let the uh the feeling of despair and the fear of the unknown be more powerful than actually doing the work because you can do the work absolutely we on the same page i have 
the same thought process as you on that subject matter definitely know that the power lies within you and that you may feel hopeless but you're not helpless and you can absolutely get to where you're trying to get to you can absolutely even if you have to crawl yourself out of the rut you can absolutely do that because you have the strength and you have the power within you but it's going to take you doing something different than what you've been doing and it's going to take you understanding that you can't beat yourself up for the fact that you didn't do it sooner and having patience because that one day that you decide to do different you may not see or feel much change you may still feel unfulfilled you may still feel like you have FOMO or like things are working out like you you know they should or you may still feel like you're not doing enough but keep going because as one day turns to two if you guys know anything about compound interest as long as you put that time in and you keep doing the work things are going to start shifting and things are going to start moving in your favor so keep going don't give up and know that the more you build the more things are going to build for you once you get that traction going that's that's all you need to keep it moving forward yeah one more thing i would say is find people that celebrate you and like help uplift you because like you said in those times when you've done it but it still doesn't feel like you've done much if you surround yourself with people that celebrate you or that uplift you they will when you have those feelings they'll let you know that what you've done has worth and value so Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not easy to find those people, but keep yourself open to finding those people mm-hmm. and don't surround yourself with people who don't treat you that way. Absolutely. Amen to that. And if you already have those people, then appreciate and recognize what you have and who you have. Yeah, for sure. Anything else? No, you know. Keep yourself with good people. George Washington said it's better to be alone than in bad company. Mm-hmm. I believe in that. Is it? Well, now I just keep thinking George Washington had slaves, but, you know. Yeah, George Washington was the bad company when it came to black people. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sure that he said that after a bad business deal or something like that. Yeah. Completely oblivious to... uh his own self yeah all right well with that it's time to move on to our weekly segment so we got the encouragement challenge the beacon of encouragement and the encouragement quote do you, i have a challenge but do you want to give a challenge this week um my challenge would be to um celebrate your small victories and if you find yourself in a rut like if you find yourself feeling down or if you find yourself in a space where things aren't going the way that you would want them to go just maybe sit down and and have a talk with yourself about how you could change those things or excuse me maybe why you feel the way you feel about things not being great Um, so you can maybe find a more positive mindset Sounds good. 
Cool. So next we have this week's Beacon of Encouragement. And this week we are celebrating anyone who may be in a rut right now and is willing to do the work to get back to their healing and their happiness. It's a process, but you can absolutely do it. Remember, if you'd like to nominate a Beacon of Encouragement of your own, feel free to contact me on my website at www.antithesisofsuperwoman.com and submit your nomination. Remember, Beacon of Encouragement is anyone who has encouraged you or inspired you in your life, so they deserve a spotlight, and it's time we give them one. Okay? Now to the encouragement quote. I like this quote. I want to know what your thoughts are. You when always I say, like your quotes. That's why you pick them. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> pick a quote you don't like. <laughs> I'm just saying. I really like this one. Okay. When we are stuck in a rut, we are being invited to grow and expand by Dana Akuri. What are your thoughts? I see what they're going for. Yeah. Okay. What's that mean? I mean, anytime you're in a bad situation, you can think of it two ways. You can think of, you can just be in a bad situation and dwell in it, or you can try to flip it positively and think that this is a chance for you to overcome. So they just want us to be positive. Yeah, I also took it a little bit deeper. And, you know, while we were talking about the fact that at the end of the day, most of the time fear is at the core of it. Well, if you actually get to the point where you recognize that and then you're able to grow and build yourself up from that, then you've grown exponentially than what you've done in the past however many years that you've been dealing with whatever you've been dealing with, you know? And so taking care of the root of the issue not only fixes the rut that you were in and getting you from being stuck, But it also fixes a bevy of other things, some of them that you probably didn't even recognize was an issue at first, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's kind of what I took from it and why I liked it so much because absolutely, if you really put in the work, you are going to grow and expand in so many different areas and it's going to impact so many different, not only impact your life, but so many different people as well, directly and indirectly. And with that, I want to thank you all for joining me on episode 32. I'm also grateful that y'all are still rocking with me here as we grow on this journey of living our best lives without the cape. As always, please know that I do not take it for granted. If you enjoy spending time with me and Luke talking about ways to get unstuck in a rut, then join the Encouragement Fam. We're here with open arms. Like, subscribe, and follow on any platform where podcasts are found. And remember to rate and review, especially on Apple. Can't wait to meet you back here next week for an all-new episode. You won't want to miss it. Would you please share how my wonderful listeners can find you on your social medias? Um, I think Instagram and Twitter are both at Lucius Rice. So. You going to spell that for the people? At sign L-U-C-I-O-U-S-W-R-I-T-E-S on awesome. the Twitters and the <laughs> Instagrams. And what? Discord. Oh, awesome. 
If you have encouragement topics that you want me to discuss, a beacon of encouragement you want to nominate, or questions you want answered, feel free to let me know by visiting my website at www.antithesisofsuperwoman.com. And if you have Instagram, follow me at antithesis underscore of underscore superwoman. And join my Facebook group, Antithesis of Superwoman Encouragement Collective. Talk to you next week. And remember, no cape, no cap. Bye.